giving you guys a little bit of a this and that. In fact, I remind you to get on wrenchnation.tv. Uh, Susie, last week we had some, uh, we, lately we've been having, I don't know who's responsible for these things. Well, we had some pretty cool guests the last few weeks, man. Yeah, I think the universe is responsible. I don't for it. know. I go out in the street, light sage, and wish <laughs> myself well. I don't know, but yeah, you guys can check out last few shows. Of course, Dennis Dennis Gage, uh, original Godfather. He he was on when it was a uh, country network, the TNN <laughs> network, doing car stuff yeah, on TV. Yeah, And uh, that was a great show. You guys can catch that RanchNation.tv. And of course, we had our good friend. Out in California, boy, he plays with some nice cars. Yeah, he does. Spike first, and the yeah. writer, uh, of course, wrote the uh, wrote for Letterman, NBC, and uh, Seinfeld. And his, uh, I don't want to say claim to fame because the cat's got a lot of good stuff. I mean, he wrote the soup Nazi episode. <laughs> and what did you say? No carburetor for you. <laughs> well, you guys can check out all those shows because I know how it is, man. You get busy, you get busy, life happens, and you got to fix a lawnmower, do something, whatever you're doing. Uh, podcast is uploaded every Sunday. And a big shout-out to all of my weekend family, KFNX 90.7 and 88.7, baby. That was pretty good. I've been practicing my Spanish. <laughs> you know what's really cool? This is, we got to keep it automotive-like, but um, I don't know if you guys listening, you remember back in the day, like my first garage in 1995 was in a, you know, I was in a Spanish neighborhood. And so CarQuest had a bilingual translation part book really yeah so because you couldn't just try to fake it like <laughs> you could get what you could get away with like you know whatever buenos dias and all this but when we're talking technos like you need frenios you need brake pads so this book was really cool i don't know if the book still exists we got the internet now and you can just talk in your phone and talk to That's people funny uh but the book had translations and it just threw me back man wow. so uh Susie, how you been girl amazing how about you I'm wunderbar. I want to talk about some of the shop goings-ons. In yeah, the... let's do it. Well, before we do that, I, I got to introduce, this is a special industry show. And you guys know Will Journey, I don't know, whatever, one out of seven shows. We get knee deep, take you under hood. And right now, under hood is a little stressful. Have you seen your, lo your local mechanic? That guy used to have hair a year ago. <laughs> I'm just telling you. And the people that had beautiful hair, all great. There's a serious situation going on in the, please hug your mechanic, man. And don't, don't take these people for granted. Uh, and, and I know we're biased. You say, well, you guys do an automotive show that day. But no, I'm serious, man. Take a deep breath because the, the industry is blazing. And on this, uh, this show, I figured we'd bring in uh, two talented individuals. In fact, I remind you guys right now, not while you're driving, please. Lucas Underwood and David Roman of the Auto Shop Owners Group, all my mechanic, family, technicians, shop owners, service managers, all your dealer people. I know you're listening to. Get on to the Auto Shop Owners Group uh, on Facebook as well as podcasts. You see a lot of back and forth. And at the end of the day, somehow, some way, there, there's some solutions coming out of that. Now, I know a lot of you get on Facebook groups and then people are just, it's like drama. We don't need drama in our lives, Susie. <laughs> but the uh, Auto but Shop. Facebook groups work. They work. I they think do. so. You guys can say it's beneficial. It is. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to tell Mr. Lucas Underwood and David Roman. Uh, they're going to have to get on to the TikTok or tacky TikTok <laughs> thing. They're going to have to create something there because all the future is over there, it seems. Yeah, it does, maybe. Yeah. But uh, I want you guys to check out the Auto Shop Owners Group podcast, a very dynamic and progressive approach to what is uh, sort of, uh, I mean, they tackle the topics uh, like we dip in and out periodically for the industry about what's plaguing our industry. But Lucas and uh, 
Mr. Roman are going to join us. And we are, man. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, I love you people. You know that. You're driving. You think it's easy. Check engine light. Don't worry. I go to AutoZone and I code pull. And it's easy. I could cook a burger. I could fix my car. No, it's not easy. <laughs> this show will take you behind the scenes. And I know a lot of you are re-listening to this on the podcast. And we don't mean to get silly excited. But I want to give you a different perspective. Are we going to change your mindset about how you think a check engine light should be free? Maybe not. But think about it. How many times have you been in a free situation? You get a free pair of sneakers with this, that, and the other thing. You find out, oh, it's not what it's made out to be. Uh, We're going to talk about that. We're also going to dive in to the process. What happens when you drop your car at the shop? It disappears. What are they Mm. doing with a check engine light? How does that differentiate itself from 10 years ago, 15 years ago? You think a guy's coming out with a screwdriver and a sloppy hat and he's diagnosing your car. Not the case. We're going to dive into that. And then we're also, I'd love to share with you, uh, you know, some of the some of the situations. Susie, we hear it. Good technicians, mechanics. I can't find a good place to work. Right. Shop owners, well, we can't find good technicians. <laughs> what the <laughs> hey is happening right now with that situation? I mean, I'm not calling it Israeli-Palestinian situation, no, no, but not. it almost is very close to that sort of situation of feelings. But uh, David Roman and Lucas Underwood is going to join us. I did want to vent a little bit, a lot of bit. A lot of bit. Now, I get it. We have a YouTube channel. We got some of the, hey, let's show you how it's done. Maybe. We're careful. But, man, if you're watching a YouTube video as preparation before you get your car fixed, please let us know. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. We're not going to yell at you. Uh, one, of the, one of the things a good shop will do is they'll sit down and they'll start probing. They put on their little inspector gadget hat, and they want to ask all the right questions. That's Guess right. what? Why? We don't want to overspend your dollar and our time. We want to get to this straight and skinny. Don't be afraid to say. And we had Eric Carr guy on the show. That's right. We had Humble Mechanic on the show. Yep. They're great. There's a place for that. My point is, please let us know. Hey, by the way, I watched the YouTube video, <laughs> and they told me to just pull that EVAP temp sensor. And uh, now my AC doesn't work. And then don't tell us that because guess what? It, it may just be right there. Right. But boy, we could use that information. Right. So please, because we have a canned note that will show up on your repair order. Client watched extensive YouTube video. <laughs> and then it may be a caution flag. That's right. Anyway, Susie, we're shaking in the world of the weirdness. Well, first I'm going to back up. So I wasn't saying like Facebook is the answer to everything. But, you know, we had that, uh, what, the 1914 tea bucket, master cylinder, couldn't find it. He got on Facebook and found a guy who could rebuild it. Sometimes it does work. It does work. Look, Zuckerberg, he knows. <laughs> um, that guy knows. You get that red notification, you get bananas. <laughs> I mean, really, how many of you uh, are, are depressed because you don't get enough red notification bells? <laughs> That's another story. That is another story. I'm telling you. But, yeah, no, uh, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. But I've seen some of these groups, people get into it. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like uh, Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah. Long Lost Cousins. And then, unfortunately, politically and religiously, oh, yeah. we shouldn't go there. No. It's supposed to be a little place. I'm going to show no. I want to show you how I burnt my burgers, man. I don't want to get too serious <laughs> on Facebook. Anyway, what's happening in the weird uh, section of the news, man? Well, you know, as Americans, we love our trucks, don't we? I love my truck. I love my truck. Yeah. Bree, you love your truck. Yeah, we truck. Yeah, we're truck lovers. So he, Elon Musk, he he, wanted, he's trying to change that with that little triangle <laughs> saucer, but go ahead. 
<laughs> well, according to this one truck owner, um, it was about to get scrapped, and oh. he salvaged it. Why did he do this? I'm going to tell you why, Frank. Right. He decided to rebuild this truck with his father-in-law back in 2004. Oh. Okay? Now, the owner of this classic 52 Ford truck, now he's got pulled over multiple times. So they rebuilt it together. They rebuilt it they together. They had a lot of drinking. Oh, yeah. They tinkered. They celebrated. Yeah. The truck is going, and he got pulled over. Yeah, and it's funny that you say maybe they did a lot of drinking, because I don't know, but... Keep listening. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Drinking and driving, he got pulled <laughs> no. over. No? So he gets pulled over multiple times because of the weird customization and, and, and modification. Well, he's entitled to weirdness of he's whatever. He's entitled. If you got four wheels, make it weird. It's street legal. All right. So at one glance, it looks like a normal 1985 Ford F-150, complete with a bullhorn ornament on the hood. Oh, bullhorn. Bullhorn. They're from the South. You know, like the little horns, little longhorns. People in the Bronx can't relate to that. <laughs> no, they can't. But <laughs> seeing it move, you guys, uh, it'll blow your mind. There's a video out there. Oh, there is a video. So, pe- people on YouTube watching, they don't want to see us. If you're <laughs> at a standstill right now, pull up on YouTube the 1320 video Cletus and Cars event in Indiana. You can't have a bullhorn not be named Cletus. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Cletus, his name wasn't Bob, it was Cletus. <laughs> That in itself is a story. So what happened? You said that they were going to the salvage yard. They, well, okay, we're past the salvage yard. They oh. rebuilt this thing. Okay. Okay, but seeing it will blow your mind because it's what we call reverse configuration. Oh, they made a backwards vehicle. Yes. Wow. So these custom trucks are running backwards. I mean, Why? that takes the cake of the weirdest. So you well, you got to give me some mechanical All right. I'm lost. Is the is the bumper in the front and the back? Yep. Let's say you sit in the truck backwards with the hood behind you All right. and the bed of the truck in front of you. And they're driving with the bed in the front. And you, yeah, you got the steering system, the engine, and the turning wheels. Is this a missions all ready? All in the front <laughs> of the bed. It's so confusing. Are they starting some sort of trend? <laughs> See, this is what happens post-COVID. We don't know what to do with ourselves. <laughs> Hashtag COVID gets sick. You got to check it out. Really? It is so weird looking. Why would somebody think of it? Uh, Bree, you put to pull it up in it. Bree's pulling it up. So I got to see this. So the, the you so if you pass by this thing, you're like, oh, wow, they're driving backwards. Driving backwards. And it is funny. Are we going to see this at SEMA? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I would think that that's, uh, there's got to be a reason. So a lot of drinking on that one. <laughs> I would think so. Oh, my goodness. But apparently it's not the first. I guess there's several. There's a Chevy Reverse configuration out there, but this one is the weirdest just because of the way it looks. America is the land of the free. We can do whatever the hey we want. I know the Russians may be looking at us, but I'm just telling you, this is how we roll here in America. It's pretty cool, Frank. Clevis and his backwards <laughs> truck. Oh, there it is. I see it. All right, we'll put this up on YouTube, you maniacs. And uh, that's an interesting story. And more importantly, somebody I watched this, is a mo- I watched a little motivational slide I get every morning. I don't know who sends it to me. And it said something to the effect of be different. And they had the squiggly lines, you know, they had the straight oh, line and yeah. they had the circle and then the figure eight. And then it got really complicated. And then it was like Einstein. And I'm like, man, which one am I? I said, well, right now I'm confused. Let me get some more coffee. <laughs> but that's the thing, man. Be a little different. Oh, this is so different. How different would we be as a society? I mean, could you imagine a truck like that running down midtown Manhattan? <laughs> There would be, they would say, oh, this thing got us, I got us somewhere in a museum yeah. or something. It's just bananas. But I'll tell you what's not bananas. It's a serious topic. And we're, we're going to dive into this. I know a lot of you, it's a mystery. 
You love your favorite local rock star automotive mechanic. You love the garage or you love the dealer that you go to. But maybe during that conversation, it's like, man, I don't know what they're really doing to my vehicle. Well, I'm going to bring in, uh, we're honored to have Lucas Underwood and David Roman of the Auto Shop Owners Group. I want you guys during the break to check out the podcast, uh, better known as ASOG, Automotive Shop Owners Group. Please get on that Facebook, check out their podcast. We're going to bring them in. I want to get under the hood. Under the hood is a little stressed out right now. And we're going to cover this. We're going to speak to you guys on a level from uh, what an automotive shop owner. We're talking small family. Maybe they've got two or three, maybe four locations. But small family corner business. What are they going through? What are the technicians going through? What are they doing in terms of fixing your ride? Stay tuned. Ranch Nation. you want your mileage back and all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon your car needs its fuel system cleaned and it needs it now you need bg44k it's the one dealerships use the most in fact they use bg44k almost three to one over any other fuel system cleaner made to find a shop near you go to bgfindashop.com that's bgfindashop.com i got my mileage back bg Bolt-On Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Funding for Wrench Nation Car Talk brought to you by Anytime Auto Glass, a family-owned full-service windshield replacement and repair company with a focus on hard work, integrity, and providing a no-hassle professional service for their windshield and vehicle tint clients. Anytime, autoglassaz.com or call 480-430-4597. Anytime, Autoglass. Funding for Wrench Nation Car Talk brought to you by Vision Collision, a full-service auto body repair, collision repair, and automotive paint facility in Tempe, Arizona, serving all of Greater Phoenix. Free towing, free estimates, Vision Collision, family owned and operated, 480-248-9049, Vision Collision. Support for Wrench Nation Car Talk, the smart choice for auto parts, Pronto National Association. Pronto is committed to the independent automotive aftermarket and demonstrates leadership within the automotive industry. Pronto Association is made up of nearly 100 member auto part distributors. Visit pronto-net.com. Automotive technical training, parts lineup, and representation of the automotive member community. Pronto-net.com. Whether you're looking for a full-service direct mail or you just simply want a few marketing materials printed for use in your store, MailShark has got you covered. With over 10 years of client service success with direct mail postcards, restaurant box toppers, magnets, and so much more, MailShark is there to help your marketing team acquire the clients you deserve. Pay weekly, pay as you go. There is no pressure, no contracts, direct mail. For more details, visit themailshark.com. I torture you. Take my hand through the flame. I torture you. I'm a slave to your game. 
Right on. Welcome back. Get on to WrenchNation.tv. Check out your favorite shows and a, a big, a big gratitude hooks to all you podcast uh, listeners. We appreciate it. Uh, we continue to grow, Susie, which is awesome. And uh, we're, we're honored to spend time with you guys every week. Shop owner Lucas Underwood and David Roman bring the real and the straight skinny raw of how, as an industry, this automotive industry has uh, some serious challenges right now. I mean, we've always had challenges, but there are some real deals challenges regarding uh, the inner workings as it relates to how well will a consumer get taken care of in the end. Let's bring these gentlemen on. Welcome to the show. Is this uh, Lucas? It is. What's up, Frank? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm actually going to bring David Broman in. Let's bring David in uh, same time. David, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Perfect. We nice. got connections. You know how it is. It's like from, <laughs> Mar- from Mar- it's like one of those Mars to Rover. We're not internet-based. You know how that is. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate you guys hanging. Yeah, yep, that's right. Absolutely. So, for the world. Da- David, you're at a tool show. I need to know before we talk about the situations, are you buying tools? I'm trying not to. <laughs> you know, we had we just had somebody on this morning, and it looks like I'm going to be dumping fifteen, twenty thousand dollars very easily. Yeah, very soon. Yeah, back in the day, it was like we got excited when we got carburetor adjustment kit. <laughs> it was a, you know sixty dollars. Now it's like you talk to other shop owners, it's like how much you drop? Fifteen? Oh, I did thirty. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean thirty? Yeah, but uh, that's the level of technology we are in, and I, I want to kind of reset. And Lucas, uh, talk to us. Yeah. Let's get everybody familiar. Uh, the Auto Shop Owners Group. Talk to us about that group. How you started it, of course, with David Roman, and I think you have a few other moderators uh, making sure that uh, people don't go awry in the comments. Absolutely. But what was the yeah. pre- what was the premise behind starting this out? The group was started by a man named Scott Palava, and the group was started because Scott recognized that he felt very alone as a shop owner. All these problems he faced, he felt alone in. And Scott started the group and began to talk about the issues that were being faced by those in the industry, and it resonated. And the group has grown over 5,000 members now of shop owners, and it's really grown into something so much more. It's now a 501c3 educational foundation. That's the way to go. Uh, give us uh, some highlights of charities you guys are supporting. Absolutely. Every year, you know, you've got these major shows like ASTE in Cary, North Carolina. You've got Vision. You've got Apex. Every year, we take a technician or a shop owner. We give them a scholarship. It's an all-expense-paid scholarship to get them to the training that they need to go to to become the best they can be, especially those who are struggling, right? The shop owner who's really struggled with with managing the business, learning how to operate the business. We take them and we help them get the information they need so they can go back to being dad and go back to being husband or wife when they get home. They don't have to worry about that stinking old shop while they're sitting there at home. So you're helping people, man. This is kudos to you guys to turn it into a 501c. We need, we need as much help as we can. Uh, and and yes, making sir. a difference, David. Listen, you're standing 100 miles above uh, 12 shops. What's the commonality? What is in your veins that gets you upset? What can we do differently? In the eyes of the consumer, let's start there. What are we doing wrong, man? I think we're not communicating properly with the consumer. I, I think they the consumer is going wherever they're they're seeing shop A and they're seeing shop B, and they don't see a difference. And that's sort of the problem, because there is a huge difference between some of these shops. And we're here at this at ETI Tooltech in Austin, Texas, and we're listening to these guys talk about the, the level of technology that we're going to have to have in our shops 
in order to just minimally service vehicles in the next few years. I'm not talking like 10 years from now. I'm talking in the next few years to competently and safely service these vehicles. And there are shops out there that are either ignoring the problem they're, they're just decided they're going to stick their hand, their head in the sand and say, I'm not going to deal with this. All right, so wait a minute now. So ignoring the problem, it. ignoring the problem includes, well, let's just find some parts to put on this vehicle. I mean, that's a big <laughs> problem. And the consumer sees it. So we're, play, we're playing the parts game. We're dancing with the situations where we're not event-driven tested. In other words, we're not going event-driven, right? We're not going from one step to the next step, the logical approach. So what do we do? Wow, that sounds good. Let's throw this part. Are the consumers frustrated with that? It, it's so much worse than that, though, because now you're you're talking about just standard services, things, something like an uh, an alignment. An alignment is sometimes a, a loss leader for some shops. They're just throwing prices out there, and they're saying, "Yeah, we'll align your car." Well, some of these cars require ADOS calibration. You're talking about calibrating the accident avoidance systems, lane departure systems. That's minimally required on vehicles that are on the road right now. And you can't do those properly for some of the prices that these shops are advertising to do an alignment. So they're either shortcutting the service and rendering the vehicle unsafe. And the consumer, the average driver, has no idea. They don't have any lights on the dash. They think everything's fine. They're driving away thinking, my car's nice and safe. The shop didn't want to take time to tell their customer about that system that they didn't know the vehicle had, or they never had it. They never encountered the, uh, on the vehicle, so they're thinking everything is okay, and it's not. And yeah. that's really unbelievably scary. And so, the consumer at the end of the day is going to have to decide: Am I going to go to shop A or shop B? What questions do I need to ask of shop A and shop B? To yeah, let's get to that. They are. Let's get that? to that. Uh, uh, I yeah. want to pitch this over to Lucas because that's a natural segue for a lot of folks that are listening. Okay, great, guys, gals, what do we do? Lucas, uh, how are you approaching? I'm, 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 I'm sitting down at one of your clinics. I'm learning how to retrain my consumer hat. I'm not shopping for sneakers. I'm looking for a good garage. Give me two, three things that I can ask to ensure I may be on the right start. Absolutely. You want to ask. What is the training protocol in the shop? Do you participate in continuing education for the ownership, for the management, for the technical staff? It's very, very important. You want to ask, do you have the proper tools to service my automobile? Do you have an information system where you can obtain the information you need to know about my vehicle? The other big thing we need to do is we need to do research on the shop. A shop that has good reviews and has a good reputation, there's a reason they got those good reviews. We have to communicate, though, right? Frank, you talked about it earlier. We have to communicate. As a consumer, we have to be talking to the shop, explaining our concerns, explaining what our fears are. We have to be making sure to communicate with that shop and ask those questions what to expect. The shop should be very, very clearly giving you expectations of, of how long something's going to take, what it's going to cost. They should tell you up front. That is a clear sign of a truly transparent shop, and that's what you're looking for. Yeah, David, you had mentioned something. And, Susie, uh, I know that we get a lot of folks that, I'm sure you guys, you gentlemen see this as well, where we almost have to pull out EKG paddles because of prior experiences elsewhere. 
And, um, you know, we, we give them a little shock and awe and, and, and take care of them. But, Susie, you find in your conversations with folks, they, they will start off because, as, as David said, they, it, it seems like this is modus operandi with the average shops that they've seen. Well, here's a bad, uh, here's a good example of a bad experience. So I actually had a young lady come in this morning. I talked to her last week. It was a check engine light, and she was told what she was needed. And I said, well, tell me what the symptoms are. She says, no, I'm not going to tell you what my symptoms are. I'm not going to tell you what they told me. I want you to start from scratch and tell me what I need. <laughs> That's exactly how that phone call well, went. Well, you know, I could respect yep. that. David, speak on that phone call. I mean, she's a little nervous. She doesn't want to share the x-rays with the new doctor. That may not almost, be a bad approach. Yeah, I'd almost prefer that. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, most of the time I get phone calls saying, hey, I need this part. Well, why do you need that part? Right. Well, so-and-so told me I needed this part. Well, yeah. what testing did they do? And, and that just, just to, to stem off of what Lucas said, as you get into that conversation with that shop, ask about the testing procedures. Because you mentioned at the, at the very beginning about that check engine light, you know, if you want to give away check engine light, just readings, read the code and figure out what's going on, that's fine. I think at this point the parts stores have rendered that uh, useless. But just reading the codes, it doesn't mean anything. Well, the next step is testing procedures. What testing are you going to be doing in order to determine why my check-in light is on, not just tell me that the, the, this XYZ code is there? I, I need to know what testing and what does that involve, and what you know what information are you going to be able to derive from that? Those are educated questions, and now you've got an informed consumer that is not going to be taken advantage of. They're going to be able to identify the shop that can do the testing, has the equipment, has the expertise, and is doing the continued training to make sure that the vehicle is serviced properly. Yeah, I mean, that's spot on. I, I think uh, as consumers, although I have to say the youngsters, like my, my oldest daughter's mid-20 age group, those are savvy folks. Mm-hmm. They Not only they have had internet on hand, but it, it's something about that, that crowd that has sort of these instincts that are scary. And they're asking all the right questions, which as professionals, we invite, we want that. We want yeah. to have that first date, first step, first dance go the right way. Uh, so all, all I really care about right now, did this uh, young lady come into our garage and oh, do business? Oh, it's so cute. When she came in this morning, Mark and I were both there. Mark actually waited on her. And um, when I walked in, I was out in the garage. I walked in and I said, oh, good morning, Pumpkin. How are you? She says, oh, my gosh, that was you that I talked to. And I said, yeah. And apparently she just opened up and told Mark every symptom, every part, everything. Yeah, she was nervous. I mean, we get it. You guys tuning in uh, and David and Lucas, you guys can agree. And we are more than patient and compassionate. There is no indifference, bad bedside manners. We will never condescend your feeling, your emotion, the wallet on your mind. The nervousness. Lucas, you think we can do a better job by way of sometimes where, oh, yeah, it's just a clutch. It's $1,200. That's what you need. What do you want to do? I mean, we're, we're, some of our attitude needs to be straightened out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, we believe in our shop, and, and I know David's shop believes the same thing. We're client advocates, right? We're not just your technician. We're not just your local uh, mechanic shop. We're your advocate. It's our job to provide you with options provide you with the data that you need to make an informed decision. And that's really what we focus on in our shop. But we focus on being compassionate. 
we understand that this is not necessarily a comfortable position. You know, I think a lot of shops get into a scenario where they lose the bedside manner because it's so easy. We see these broken cars every day. They become kind of nose blind to us, if you will. And I think it's so important that, that these shops understand how important it is that they be an advocate for their client and truly understand, be empathetic and understand what your client is going through. Yeah, and I think that's key. Well said, man. Well said. And there is a there is a mantra and a vibe out there with uh, many great small entrepreneurs and operators throughout the country. We don't want you guys turning into lead. I'm going to lead you to believe that you know, the industry is just all whacked out. There is a movement, and, and a lot of you know of those great shops. And, and i got to ask before we hit to the break, David, are you seeing? We're seeing it here. I talk to business brokers almost on a weekly basis because that's what we do. We look. We're looky-loos. We want to see what eggs are on for sale. We'll see what's out there. And there's a lot of shops for sale. Are you seeing that? Not because they're profitable. It's because they gave up. <laughs> Um, are we seeing a, a dramatic shift? Are we seeing some of the some of the meat falling off the bones, the bad meat? If we don't, we probably need to. the The technological shift is not not it's not coming; it's here. And either you're going to jump on board and you're going to make the commitment that you're going to fix these vehicles properly and safely, and you're going to inform the consumer so they just understand. How much technology is in the most base level, cheapest vehicle available right now? So you're either going to make that decision or you're just going to get out. Yeah, no you're doubt. You're going to get out of the industry. Yeah, well I don't think there's going to be an in-between. Not at all. I want you guys to hang tight. I want to dive in a little bit of electrification. There seems to be some, uh, it's, it's almost like a little hair salon. There's a lot of gossip going on right now in the industry about electrification and Will the mechanic go the way of the elevator man? Uh, <laughs> hashtag fake news for sure. But I want you gentlemen to stay tight. We're going to hit the break, come back, talk electrification, as well as uh, I'd like to literally walk through a check engine light case scenario uh, so we can just get folks behind the wheel a true understanding. Stay tuned, imagination. of the population family are women. We love you ladies, but less than 3% of you women are professional technicians. Our charity partner, Tech Force Foundation, believes if we want to solve this little technician shortage, we need to start talking to 52% of these ladies out in the population. Head on over. If you feel like you can tinker with the best of them, head on over to techforce.org. Appreciate you guys hanging richnation.tv. I remind you to get on to our special guests. Uh, we've got Lucas Underwood and David Roman, the ESOG podcast, your favorite podcast player. We're talking a whole dissection, cross section of uh, good industry talk. If you're a young technician, if you're a young operator, hey, you could be the old salt dog, 30 year in the business. As long as you're humble, there's always something to grow. That podcast is full of good stuff. Let's welcome back these gentlemen. Uh, you guys there? Yeah, absolutely. Right on. 
Uh, is this Lucas? It is, yes, sir. David, you there? Yes, I am. Awesome, awesome. I appreciate that. You know, we did cover, uh, and, and we're getting some texts in. There is some excitement because I, I guess I, this, we got to be careful on this, Susie. We can never take it for granted. But, yeah, once you wheel that patient back there and your family waiting in the ER, you're like, okay, what are they doing with yeah. my mother? Uh, so I figured, based upon the input that we're seeing, uh, we would walk in. Lucas, I have a mm-hmm. nice Kia Rio with a check engine light. Now, we're not going to get too deep, but I just want to understand a couple things. My local yes, parts sir. store told me it was this particular code. Based upon current day testing procedures... Let's tackle time. Some people believe that, well, the parts store hooked it up and it was 10 minutes. Why do you guys need my car and why are you calling me four hours later? Talk to us about the intensity of truly deciphering data to get it right. Walk us through that. Absolutely. So there, there's two components to this, Frank. And the first component is, is that it is our responsibility to ensure that your automobile is safe and reliable. Right, you're putting your family in that car. It's got to be safe, and and I've always believed that after we touch your automobile, we put our good housekeeping seal of approval that says your vehicle is safe. That's our responsibility. So first and foremost, my guys go over the entire vehicle, do a quick check of all items just to make sure it's safe. Nothing else. Not to sell something. We give you a report, pictures, videos, the whole nine yards, so we know that you're safe. There's no questions about that. The second thing that our technician will do is he may even look at some of that information that you brought in, and he will determine, are those trouble codes you have active? Are they stored codes? In other words, are are they something that's currently happening, or is this something that's happened in the past? That technician will then spend over 20 to 30 minutes simply researching, understanding what does that information tell him. It is a we look at a trouble code as simply a zip code in the postal system. It tells us the general location of the problem. It does not tell us what the problem is. That technician will research that code. The next thing he will do is he'll actually dig deep down into that, and he'll begin to look at the circuit associated with it. He'll do a visual inspection. He'll look at live data to see if the component is doing what it's supposed to or what's not working because we have to understand exactly what's causing it. The code doesn't tell us what's wrong. It tells us a general vicinity of where there's Well problem. said, well said. i got to bring in David. David, uh, we talked, we started the premise of this show talking about, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, how things could be a little different about how we went about our x-ray for the consumer in the garage under hood. You said something, Lucas and David, speak on this. We're talking research like years ago. Would a technician, would a mechanic spend 20, 30 minutes of his time not even looking at the car, really, in depth, but research? We're talking 100 million lines of code on his F-150. Uh, that's a serious function, Rome. Yeah, and there's so many systems that are intertwined. So you, you get one code and... There could be several other systems that could be causing that particular code. And sometimes there are 10, 12, 15 codes that aren't throwing the check engine light that are partially related or entirely related to what threw on the check engine light. You won't know as a consumer. It isn't until you run a full system scan on the vehicle that you see all these codes pop up. And then the technician now has to decide, 
am I going to be chasing all these codes, just one of these codes? Are they all related? He, he's got a pinpoint. He's so, got a pinpoint. So research becomes paramount. Yeah, no doubt. And he's got a pinpoint. Uh, we do have a surprise call in, and you guys know our mutual, uh, well, Mr. Greg Buckley. Let's bring him in. Uh, Greg, you there? I'm here. Of Greg. course, uh, our big boy from Delaware. We Woo! always uh, have an open mic for you. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, buddy. Guys, how you doing, man? Good good to see you. Here you all uh, with Frank and uh, Susie. Happy, happy, happy birthday. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a little birthday action. You are so cute. Uh, before we get to your point, know? Greg, real quick, Susie, you wanted yeah. to say something. I uh, did. You were adamant. Go ahead, real I quick. I did. So we had an expedition come in yesterday with their own oxygen sensor. Kind of the same scenario. Went to the parts store. They told me I needed this oxygen sensor. I brought it. Will you put it in? We. Well, we looked at it. And the thing is this. I got to speak on this. And uh, Greg will bring you in. Uh, And if you're just catching the show, we've got uh, Roman. Mr. Roman. Sorry. I got a lot of people on right now. I'm trying to navigate. Lucas Underwood and David Roman and Greg Buckley. We're going to bring them all in. Yep. Uh, But we looked at something. I want folks to understand something. That check engine light. At a basic, generic, plain white, without in-depth, could say, bake one, S1, it's an upstream mode two. But if you could dive deeper and look at mode six and things like that, that vehicle actually had three additional. Yep. They're, they're total four. And, of course, we, we created some value and told them, uh, we'll install the part. You need four, along with an air induction, and that's a starting point. Greg, you want to speak on some stuff. Go ahead. Well, I think, you know, when we talk about the consumer's expectations and everything, and I know David and Lucas are going through some great examples, but, you know, the consumer, you know, think of it as going into the doctor, uh, you know, or you know, let's say you have a broken arm. Okay, well, you can go, i got a broken arm. How much to fix it? Well, let me do an X-ray. i got to find out what's going on. How's your blood? How's your blood pressure? Anything related to that? Why did the arm break? What you hit? So this, this period of discovery, a lot of people don't really – uh, consider that as part of the repair process. And, um, you know, you guys were talking about, well, where's that concern? Where's that? Who, who's at fault with that? Uh, or even if it is a fault, I, I do believe that we as a profession do need to step up our game on educating and elevating our client base um, and making sure that they're on the same page and letting them know that, look, we're in this together. We are your advocate. We're, we're doing what we can to repair it. But please understand is that, you know, uh, we are we're, – we're taking our processes. We're going through the steps. We have the technology. We have the equipment and the talent to get through this. However, every vehicle and every repair can be different. And that's where the consumer today, with so much information available to them, can overlook that fact that – you know, there's really not a pattern situation when you when you're dealing with vehicles that are, you know, extended mileage. You know, yeah. anything over fifty, sixty thousand miles um, is is really not. All right, the repairs are different. Greg, I got to so, interject. I want to bring David yeah. Roman into this question, uh, and I want to just bring this up. We're all technicians by trade. We're not a bunch of people with money that just decided to open up a garage. We would have done that with a flower shop. We're all true blue technicians. We understand it. The problem I have, Greg and the rest, and David, I want you to lead the answer on this one. I'm a shop owner. I'll just send out 100,000 coupons with all kinds of stuff. I've attracted, maybe through the wrong messaging, the wrong ideology, and I've trained a consumer to come in and understand that we're leading by price. Where do we step back, David, 
on how we present ourselves from the marketability of our companies? It probably begins on the phone and explaining the process, explain, being as transparent as possible. If you take the approach that I'm just going to get on the phone and just get them in the door, get them in the door without maybe vetting the customer, not to determine whether they're going to be a good customer, but just to make sure that, that you are going to be a good fit for them. Because the last thing you want to do is bring them in and completely destroy the relationship, sour them on your shop, because they were expecting one thing and they got something completely different. So as soon as the phone call starts, it should lead in a certain direction where you're having a conversation. You find out what their needs, their wants, their desires are in the interaction, in the transaction, and in the relationship. And then if you're not a good fit, just admit it and move on. I know you spent all this money on the coupons, but at the end of the day, it's going to end up in a bad review, somebody bad-mouthing. Even if you don't get a bad review, they're going to tell 15 other people how bad your shop is, and it's it's going to end up in a very bad situation for you. So start off with a with a, a, an honest and open conversation. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Spot on. Lucas, do you think as uh, industry types, and I'm not just speaking for shop owners, do you think we want to be everybody's hero? Uh, it, it's way too easy for us to want to be everybody's hero, right? And and I know Buckley's been through it. David's been through it. I've been through it. We've all been through it. And and unfortunately, we can't be everybody's hero. But it's our job to inform and educate our clients and be transparent and give them the best leg up. We want informed clients. That's our responsibility. We can't meet every need. There's no way. No shop in the country could. But we have to be transparent. We have to communicate. We have to be human. And uh, I think the first step to to really becoming a true owner is realizing you can't be everything to everybody. Yeah, we have uh, on the service counter. We got a bunch of doilies and stuff. <laughs> we got, in fact, we, Greg, you've been down in the garage. Of, of course, gentlemen, uh, Lucas oh, yeah. and David. If you're down in the Southwest, you know you got a tour of our place anytime. Uh, Susie will, will sing in the key of Would F and. To. <laughs> and we'll have some fun in our garage. But one of the things we have to complement what you're saying is we have a yes button and a no button. And, I, and I, we do. And I got to tell you, it's kind of goofy, but it breaks the ice. We're all human, man. Tell I mean, what we really have. We have a small punching bag. And, and a, a large punching bag. bag. <laughs> well, I think you guys may have seen the video. My point is, we're trying to break the ice because all of us are emotional wrecks. We're all on medicine trying to fix these cars. But my point is, one of the most difficult things... It's just a human tribe, whether we're slinging flowers or wrenches. Yes. Is the upfront no. And I think it's okay, especially for a lot of our younger operators. They're hungry. I can take that job in. Well, maybe you can't. And I think there should be crafted out as your business model the discipline of where do I, as a business owner, say no to bad coupons? <laughs> To the disrespect of the technician in the back shop. Get it done now. Why can't you? Don't worry. You can meet your family tomorrow. There's some of that nasty going on. Uh, Greg, have we destroyed our vibe and culture? Uh, your dad was in the business. You're second, second generation. Buku, respect for uh, uh, dad in, in the years. I've seen you in diapers working on lug, lug nuts and stuff. I've seen those pictures. Um, but you think there was a, there was a phase, because a lot of us, uh, Lucas, you're, what, 10, 15 years? Uh, Mr. Roman, you're 20 years. Greg, you're 35, 40, 70 years in the business. Uh, <laughs> but was there a period where the tribe before us, the Uncle Louis, 
may have jacked it up for us youngsters trying to keep this right. Was there a period where we just weren't exactly well, you know, as I, professional? I think, you know, we always, you know, I, I grew up with, you know, my dad and everything like that. And, and, you know, from back in the 60s, we were always the good old boys, uh, you know, the friendly hand, the person to meet you at the pump, uh, you know, fill your tires, check your oil, um, come out with that screwdriver, just that car. And it would be a no charge, uh, see me next time situation. And then as cars got more complicated, we could not do that because there just wasn't enough time or enough goodwill in order to keep operations alive. And, you know, to transition out of that, our profession has had to, you know, move away. And, you know, that's what makes it difficult to now where, you know, you can't expect you want to. uh, Personally speaking, I'd want to go out and fill every air in the tire that comes in between winter and summer and the TPMS is whacked out and reset everything. I'd love to do that, but I know that I physically can't. That has to now have to be an appointment. So things have changed as the evolution and technology level of the vehicle has changed. And yeah. consumers um, who are still driving, you know, uh, you know, a, a newer car uh, that may be older, the expectation still might be, oh, it's just air in a tire that you're putting in. Well, no, it's not. Um, you know, I have to regulate it. I have to check the TPMS. I may have to reset it. So these things are not understood properly. Yeah, no, you make a good point. We do a lot of community events. COVID yeah. just killed us. Uh, Susie and I yeah. were sitting in the corner, nodding our heads like we are bananas. We're like, well, we got no community events. What's going on? <laughs> a lot of you respectfully do the same. You're in your communities. It's not about an exchange of a dollar or, uh, you know, swapping service that way. And uh, one of the things to, to sort of complement what you're saying, Frank got into trouble. You guys know one of our events is the big uh, back to school. We do over 300 free all changes. Well, Frank for years was like, you need wiper blades, don't worry. No charge. Big shot, no charge. And then, and then it was like, oh, contour blades. And then Susie gave me the bills. And Frank, we spent, we spent $1,200 on wiper blades. <laughs> but what you're saying, and Lucas, chime in. You've been around. What you're saying is we did go from this sort of transition. Do you think younger millennials, and, and I'm careful about generational. I don't fall into that BS. I think that's Madison Avenue shtick. People are people. I really believe that. But do you think millennials even know or care about that? And they're truly just looking for transparency. Respect my feeling about the process. Talk to us on that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I think we're all human beings, right, Frank? At the end of the day, we're human beings. We want to be respected. We want to understand. We want to be talked to like we're a human being, right? And I think it's so important that a shop build that transparency, but they also build trust, right? If you don't understand asking, if the shop won't explain it to you, it's time to leave. It's time to get down the road because you can't do that, right? This industry that we're in today is all about trust and relationships. Now, there is a transactional business model that all they care about is the transaction and the number on your head. And I, I hate to say that, but it's, it's the God's honest truth. There's lots of those organizations like that. But there's also a lot of shops who believe in that relationship. And that's what we're about. And that's what we believe in teaching shop owners. No, man, that's solid, solid advice. Susie, a lot of good stuff, man. Heck yeah. I'm going to go open another 10 locations right now. <laughs> I'm feeling good. You guys are reviving me. Uh, I want to get uh, Mr. Roman in on this one here. Electrification is all the rage. Our big shot federal government is getting ready to spend what they feel like is a whole lot of goodness with half a million 
EV stations, recharge stations. I still think we'll have range anxiety. That's just a drop in the bucket. Are mechanics nervous right now about all of this stuff we're seeing on TV, electrification? Uh, and I want to add to that, uh, we had New York City Traffic Commissioner Gridlock Sam Schwartz on, guys, and uh, he had a very provocative book. It was No One Behind the Wheel. He is predicting mid-century you could be arrested for driving. Mr. Roman, is this going to happen sooner or later? What's your take? Probably. It's government-mandated. We just watched the talk earlier today. I think uh, Norway is is uh, making uh, internal combustion engines illegal by 2025. I like my eyes. And there was a whole bunch of countries that were going to make the internal combustion engine illegal. Yeah. I don't think technicians need to be nervous about it. The curious ones are excited about it. It's just one other level of complexity, something else to investigate, something else to learn. The ones that are nervous probably need to consider a career change. But I think most technicians are not. Shop owners, on the other hand, are probably more nervous than they should be. They should be embracing the change. Things are still going to be break. They're still going to break. And anybody that's serviced hybrids or just full electric vehicles in the last ten years has had any in their shop. They know these things are going to break, and often <laughs> just uh, because you removed the internal combustion engine doesn't mean that they're not going to break down. Yeah, we mentioned training. One of the questions, Lucas, uh, spot on. You said as a consumer, one of the questions I may ask a shop is, uh, "Hey, by the way, are you you know what's ongoing training?" Greg Buckley. What are you looking at over the next six months to a year? you got a talented squad by technicians. What are you gaming them for training? What are you looking at for next level? Uh, we're actually trying to get more into, like, the hybrid units and also, you know, start to dabble in a little bit of EV. Um, we're not afraid of the future. We look forward to it. I look forward to it as an owner, as a business person. Um, so, you know, the advanced systems that are out there now is where we have to start to really break them down, look at it, and at the same time project what kind of business model. I mean, my role as an owner is to look at what business model we're going to have. Um, technical training um, is for the staff and the shop uh, foreman to get things out and rolling. Um, but if you're asking me, I mean, I'm, I look at EV, I look at comb- currently combustion as well. You know, we've got some sophisticated combustion uh, situations and systems that are still out there and that are advancing to the point before they transition completely over to electric. So that all has to be dealt with. And, you know, you got to keep up on it. Um, tooling, like you guys have been talking about, that's, you know, when you say dropping 20 or 30, that's like nothing anymore, you know, to keep up with these things. And then, you know, it's it's ongoing. You know, all of us face major budget issues when we start talk about our tooling. Um, and again, this is reflective of what our rates are, what the expectations of our client base is. So there's a lot on both sides that, again, we have to we have to set that uh, up front. And the more professional that we are uh, to our client base, uh, and the better clients that we learn how to harvest and, and get through uh, in our doors, the better off everybody will be. Yeah. Uh, Lucas, you, you got 15. I'm going to give you $20,000 right now um, with a combination of technical training and tooling. What are you looking at for your garage right now uh, over the next six uh, months? Well, I, you know, as you know, we're expanding. 
right? So we're, we're getting ready to be in a bigger facility. Uh, we're definitely, you know, we, we had some podcasts today talking about advanced driver awareness systems. Um, and, you know, we, we've heard time and time again that, hey, uh, they may go dynamic. We may not have to get into advanced driver awareness. Well, I, I'm here to tell you. Uh, we've talked to the folks who know the answer to that. That's not going to happen. Oh, gosh. So to, oh, yeah, gosh. I was hoping. time to tool up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Mr. Roman, let me get you in here, man. I, you, 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 you're the gearhead of all gearheads. I know you. Didn't you think that this would all just be somewhat help me? Lord Jesus, in the service base, <laughs> self-calibrating at all. Some of us small shop owners, I got two bays. I got 1,800 square foot. I wear my, how am I? Man, so this is, this is the straight and skinny. Mr. Roman, is that the case with ADES? Yeah, unfortunately. It was so depressing. We're listening to these guys tell us, no, static is here to stay. Oh, They're, they're investing in static, and some of them are moving towards adding more static calibrations as opposed to just going to all dynamic. All right, hang tight, David. i got to stop you because i got some texts coming in. Um, we're losing people. I want you to explain. Don't get into static. Um my windshield needs to be replaced, or I hit my door and I lost my mirror. Uh, there's cameras. There's radar. What are you talking about? What does a shop now have to do? Talk, walk, to, walk, walk us through that. So a dynamic calibration means you just put the part in or you hook up the scan tool, you go drive the vehicle. It will figure out what it needs to figure out on its own, and once you've driven it, it's calibrated, you can ship the vehicle. With static calibration... You have to hook up the scan tool to it. you got to tell the car, hey, I need you to start calibrating. And now you have to have all this equipment, these targets. They have to be a certain distance. The vehicle has to be on level ground. You have to have a certain amount of space around the vehicle. You can't have light coming in and distracting the calibration process. So you've got a window. Now you've got to block it off. Ah, oh, technology is my friend. That's like a clean room at a microchip. That's a clean room. Place. I'm calling <laughs> it. Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. Boy. But I, I, vehicle different. Uh, so yeah. you buy fifteen, dollars $20,000 of targets and whatever contraption you need to buy, but this other vehicle comes in, and you don't have that target. You don't have that setup. Now you got to buy something else. Wow. And now it goes from fifteen to twenty-five dollars to $40,000. It can get expensive. Yeah. All right. Listen, uh, we're running up a hard, hard top of the hour, guys. I want to give you an opportunity. Lucas Underwood, where can we send people? Give us your shop website, and then we'll talk ASAP. Go ahead. LNAutorepair.com. LarryNancyAutorepair.com. And you're out of uh, North Carolina. What part of North Carolina? Blowing Rock. If you know where Appalachian State University is, that's right where we're at. Yeah, and and good job, you got uh, you and your team. Uh, we were out at AST. We'll see you guys again. We'll be out there, Wrench Nation hashtag goodness, uh, and we'll collaborate. We'll do all kinds of stuff. Uh, Mr. David Roman, always a pleasure. Give us some uh, pertinence of the pertinence. What uh, where can we send people your way? You can go to DWC. That stands for Done with Care. That's how we fix them. We we do it with care. Done with Care Auto Aww, Repair. I like that. DWCAutoRepair.com. We're in Kansas City, uh, Kansas City metro area. It don't matter if you if you have a migraine, you're still out. doing it with care. You, <laughs> you keep it going, brother. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, Mr. Greg Buckley uh, out of the state of Delaware. Where can folks find you, man? Just go to Buckley'sAutoCare.com. Awesome. I really appreciate you guys. And, of course, uh, Lucas will give you the last word. Where can find where can folks find your podcast? You guys are doing an amazing job. Give us the pertinence there. 
Absolutely. You can search the ASOG podcast, A-S-O-G, stands for Auto Shop Owners Group. You can search it on any of your favorite podcast listening apps. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, the Auto Shop Owners Group, or ASOG on YouTube. And you can also find us um, on Instagram. Got a new Instagram feed, uh, the ASOG podcast. So have to check it out. Awesome. Gentlemen, always an honor to hang with my industry family. I'll meet you at the bar with a beer and a scanner. Uh, <laughs> really, really miss all you guys. And we, we got some good events coming up. And we'll certainly do a follow-up show. Thank you, gentlemen, for stopping by Wrench Nation. Thanks, Thanks, Frank. All right. Thanks, Frank. Good you guys. Yeah, no, it's good stuff, man. I mean, I, I, I hope this is helpful for some of you consumers to get a little bit behind the scenes. Uh, there's certainly a whole, a whole slew of things. Uh, and we're not trying to get everyone stressed out. We're prepared, and we're going to take care of you, and that's what it's about. Of course, you can visit our garage at DesertCarCare.com. Chandler and Dobson always uh, even just come by to say hi. Don't have to spend money with us if you got a situation. I appreciate you guys hanging out. Big shout-out to our podcast family and our Saturday listeners. You guys rock. As I tell you every week, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug McKinnon. I was a highway man. Along the coach roads I did ride. Sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his life